Hello, hello. So, guys, this is the first uh, sports talk section or segment of uh, the podcast. Basically, a weekly sports talk show. I'm going to try to put it out sort of every Sunday uh, about stuff that happened in the week, stuff I found interesting, articles are interesting, um, stuff that came up in sort of different sports. Uh, so the first thing I actually wanted to start about was uh, Sergio Ramos. Uh, now, I people who know me know I my opinion of Sergio Ramos is quite low. I think he's a dirty player. Um, he's professionally really quite good, and it's obviously been proven. He's won a ton of uh, different things, but he's a cheater, and he's dirty, and I'm not a big fan. And so what happened was this week it came out in uh, Der Spiegel, which is a German newspaper, uh, that Sergio Ramos is possibly a cheater. Um, so the guy who's basically captain of Madrid and Spain, he's won the World Cup, he's won the European Cup twice, he's a four-time Champions League winner, is and clearly one of the best defenders in the world. Uh, was found to have taken steroids uh, after the Champions League final. So basically what happened was, uh, after the Champions League final in June against Liverpool, which unfortunately ended poorly for us, and after he uh, took out Mo Salah, I uh, was asked to submit a urine sample and a blood sample. Now this didn't occur until two hours after uh, the final whistle had happened. And what happened was the uh, urine sample found to contain traces of dexamethasone, which is a common steroid used for many different treatments, but it's also a known banned substance from the World Anti-Doping Agency, or WADA. Now, this information never obviously came public, and no disciplinary action was taken against the team or team doctor. What happened was the doctor came out uh, taking responsibility, saying that he had given uh, Sergio Ramos another intraarticular injection of a drug called Celestone Chondrodose. I don't even know how to pronounce it. But anyway, it's on, it's on the website, and I, I'm going to um, sort of add the link to uh, the description uh, following this episode. Uh, and now, however, this is also a banned substance. So basically, he came out saying, it was my fault, it was an administration error, I gave him I gave him an injection, I put the wrong thing down, I'm really sorry about that. And so therefore, UEFA came and closed the case and thought, okay, that's okay. Now, however, this is very interesting because there's now other charges that have been filed, um, or other incidences that have happened against Real Madrid and Sergio Ramos. So another incident occurred about four months prior to the Champions League final, where two uh, doping control officers from UEFA went to Madrid to perform unannounced tests. And so they started with Sir, uh, Ronaldo, who has uh, expressed his uh, frustration with getting tested a lot um, by the anti-doping agency. And so he got tested first, then Tony Cruz got tested. And then after that, uh, the Real Madrid medical personnel completed the rest of the test. Now, this is a banned um, occurrence um, by the World Anti-Doping Agency because you can't have the uh, the team personnel conducting these tests. That's just not correct. Uh, so that was obviously in clear violation of the rules as well. Now, on, t- on, on, on top of this, again, there's another case going on with Sergio Ramos and the Spanish Anti-Doping Agency, which is AEPSAD. And I'm sure it means something in Spanish, but unfortunately I can't. I don't want to uh, try and pronounce that. Uh, so Sergio Ramos... Um, Ramos was asked by the officer who attended a game in April, um, unannounced, uh, to shower before a urine sample was given. However, there are clear rules against that um, because the the Spanish anti-doping agency obviously doesn't want players to shower uh, prior to submitting a urine sample because it could possibly be tainted. However, Ramos didn't follow these instructions anyway, and these are clear violation of their anti-doping laws. So all of this is really quite suspicious and interesting because, I mean, whatever you think of Sergio Ramos, he's a very dirty player. Uh, professionally, uh, this is a statistic. He has the most number of yellow cards 
in professional football history. And I think the last uh, number I saw was about 211, but obviously it's now a lot more because that statistic was from June 2018. He also has 24 red cards over the course of his career. Now that's kind of insane because, I mean, whether, whether or not you think he's a great defender, which he clearly is because he's been doing it for so long, he's just very suspicious. And you, you obviously see he's, he's a dirty player. He, he attacks with intention. Uh, he doesn't clearly care about any opposition. Um, and it's frustrating because this guy con- continues to get away with stuff. He continues to potentially even cheat uh, based on what happened this time. Uh, and nothing nothing happens. Nothing's gone on. He hasn't been disciplined. Nothing's going to happen to him, which is really, really frustrating. Uh, and so you have other guys like, for example, PK on the same team who, I mean, married to Shakira, has kids. He's really living the best life. Uh, and he seems like a great guy, does a lot of work for charity. And I'm sure Ramos does too, but he's not a dirty player. Um, the other, the other, only other person that can reminds me of is Suarez, and Suarez is, I mean, he is a pretty dirty player. I obviously loved him um, while he was on Liverpool because he did great things for our uh, team, but he's very dirty. I mean, biting people multiple times over um, is, is not, is not okay, and it's really interesting because I've heard, I've heard from, I've read about this from a few people that the there's a fine line between um, insanity and genius. And you, you, you hear stories, for example, about Kobe Bryant and how he was insane about his work ethic and practice, practicing uh, all the time. And p- some people might think of it insanity, but yet because of his results on the court, everybody thinks he's a hero. Uh, and he's done amazing things for Laker fans, and he was one of my idols growing up. But there's such a fine line between that. And the thing with Ramos that I always keep coming back to is, I, I don't I mean I don't think he's in, in insane necessarily but he's clearly very dirty uh, and it's frustrating it's really really frustrating to watch so anyway it'll be interesting to see how that shakes up if anything happens it's clearly um, gonna come a lot more stuff is gonna come out over the next uh, couple weeks so that's definitely something uh, to monitor uh, so the next thing I want to talk about uh, sort of switching topics a little bit uh, in the basketball world is uh, the Wizards and Warriors drama. And so basically what happened is Washington Wizards came out last week. Um, they had a contentious practice, uh, as was multiple, multiple, reported by multiple different outlets, uh, where John Wall and Bradley Beal got into it with their coach, uh, Scott Brooks. And they've been basically going about this the same thing for years and years and years, where they, they have two all-stars, maybe a third, not a porter, who I personally don't think will ever probably be an all-star, uh, and they've just gone with the same role players. Their chemistry is not very good. Their bench is usually not very good. Uh, and they've and they've ride or died with two all stars. Now it's coming out that it doesn't seem like they like each other, and it also doesn't seem like they like the coach. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're a big fan of management. Uh, they they don't like the moves that they've been made. Uh, Dwight Howard obviously came in. He hasn't really played at all or made an impact in any way. Um, so it's just very very interesting to watch because now there's trade rumors circulating. And it, that'll be really, really difficult because John Wall signed a new four-year contract uh, in which in the last year of his deal, which is a player option, uh, which means he gets to decide basically if he wants to stick around or not, uh, he's going to get $48 million. And for a team to take on that now uh, is insane because then you you go through salary cap hell and you can't, you can't do anything at that point because you're, so much of your cap is tied to one person. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if they can trade him because I actually do think John Wall's still a star. I think he's still on the right team uh, in the right environment can still do really well because he's such a quick point guard. He's probably one of the fastest point guards in the league. He's a great ball handler, great distributor, can get to the rim at any point. He's basically like a, a, um, 
a little bit lesser version of Russell Westbrook. Um, so there's clearly still value with him, but it's just like his contract is terrible. Now, on the other hand, Bradley Beal is an amazing three-point shooter. He's a great off-the-ball player, a good defender, and I think he he's the one I think that if, they, if, if something does happen, he could get traded first. Uh, the interesting thing to look at, I think, for him in terms of um, places where he can go is Charlotte. Because Charlotte, so this year, Kemba Walker has obviously been a revelation. Uh, clearly put in the work, uh, clearly wasn't getting uh, any respect that he deserved from everybody else, and uh, he's been amazing. I mean, the 60-point game against, I think it was Philly, um, a couple weeks ago was incredible, and incredible to watch. And I think there's a statistic that he and Allen Iverson are the only players in NBA history under six foot one to score 60 points, which is obviously, at any, at any time you're in a conversation with Allen Iverson, you're obviously clearly doing something right. Um, so yeah, Charlotte will be an interesting one because they could trade a couple contracts. They could trade Monk, they could trade Jeremy Lamb. Um, and if they get Bradley Beal and push through with him, I mean, they could be a, a very interesting team. Again, does that make him a title contender? Uh, probably not, but it definitely blows up the Wizards. And I think at this point, the Wizards have to probably blow it up. <laughs> And I guess leads me into the second thing, which is the Warriors. And uh, watching the Warriors combust this year has been, for any other fan, any basketball fan basically, amazing and incredible to watch because everybody's sort of had this idea that they've hated the Warriors besides, um, if you're a fan of basically any other team, it just, it's kind of, you know, you know what's going to happen. I mean, they're probably going to win again this year, um, barring any major injury or any major upset. But this chemistry thing could really come up to play, uh, especially if DeMarcus Cousins comes back and starts wreaking havoc because he, his reputation, obviously, in every place he's been has not been uh, the best. He's not been a coachable player. He doesn't really listen to anybody but himself. Uh, and he's so talented. And that's the thing that's scary is this team could theoretically be a lot better. But if their chemistry is shot and they can't play together, um, it'll be really, really interesting to watch. Uh, and so, yeah, so Draymond Green's obviously not back, so the Warriors went on a little bit of a skid this week with, uh, I think they lost three or four in a row, um, which has never happened in the Steve Kerr era. Um, so it's just, it's, it's really, really interesting to watch. And also you still have this idea of Kevin Durant, who is just, I think, a, still a child. And it's really sad because this guy, he's obviously been in the NBA for almost 10 years. He is a top two player, basically, after LeBron. He's unbelievable. He does everything. He's so long. He can guard multiple positions. He can, uh, def- he can defend everywhere. He can defend in the paint. He can play center. He can score from anywhere. His shot is impressive. He can dribble. He can handle. Uh, he can score off the ball. Um, but at the same time, like you can clearly tell that even though he's won these titles with Golden State, he's just not happy. And it came out this week, so it was fine, $25,000. There was a video that came out. Um, where he was yelling at a fan, and I don't want to repeat that, but uh, I can add that video to um, the uh, my Instagram account or the Facebook page. Uh, but he's just, he's upset, and it's, it's really interesting to see that this guy, who theoretically should clearly have it all, is letting everybody else's opinion affect the way he acts and affect the way he plays. And... He, he's not he's not like the Jordan or the Kobe who has just has always been within himself um, but he's really letting everybody else's uh, what they what they say affect him and it's it's funny to watch but it's also kind of sad because like this guy he's been around for for years and why do you care what some fan yells at fans are gonna yell at you like all the time you play and they've been yelling at you for years they always gonna say you're um, you're a little bitch, or you're not, you're not great, or you suck, and that's always going to happen. So why now are you so frustrated? And I get it, because I've heard, like, for example, Blake Griffin came out this week on Hot Ones talking about how it's just, 
NBA players are the only ones, just like any other professional athlete who have to deal with grown men coming to paying to come to see your games and just yelling, you suck at you continuously. And meanwhile, they're probably not that far away from you, but they keep going. And yeah, it's an interesting thing. But at the same time, I feel like that comes with the territory. That comes with the job. That's what you signed up for. You signed up to play a sport and give people and uh, perform. And this is what comes with the job. It's, it's what comes with being a celebrity. Um, so it's just interesting how Durant's unraveling, it seems like. Um, this year. And so that'll be definitely an interesting thing to watch. Personally, I hope it combusts even more, but obviously Curry should be coming back pretty soon. And as long as he's healthy and good to go, I mean, they shouldn't really have uh, any problems. So the other thing that I think I really wanted to talk about is uh, Derek Rose, because Derek Rose is, to me, a really inspiring story. It's a sad story, but also a really inspiring one, because this is a guy, obviously, who, when he won MVP, was the youngest MVP at the time, and I think was the only MVP who was still eligible to be in college when he won. And if you go back and watch the highlights, I think it was 2011, it's just amazing. I mean, he was Westbrook before Westbrook. Like, the guy was so quick. He could do everything on the floor. He could get anywhere he wanted to. He could jump at the gym. I remember that, like, dunk against Drogic. It was just incredible. And then, obviously, he had the two ACLs, right? And then on top of that, I think he had another meniscus injury and just really didn't stop play, like stop playing and like bounced around to different teams. I saw something today that said that he was really thinking about quitting basketball when he was on Cleveland last year. Um, and so obviously he went through some tough, tough times. And it's amazing to see this year in Minnesota that he's been amazing. Like, I mean, he's basically been the second best player after Cat, I think. And obviously the whole Jimmy Butler situation was kind of weird to start. So that obviously probably played on his mind. But that guy just balled out. I mean, to see that guy score 50 points... Uh, in a win against Denver is is so much fun to watch. And, like, it really, really brings you back to what could have been. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, like, does he, could he be the, potentially the only other MVP to never make the Hall of Fame? Uh, and if he has, a, if, if he continues, I think, to produce at a career where he's doing this year and continues to get, like, 18 to 20, couple, 22 points a game maybe for the next five or six years, then maybe he has a case to be in, a, in the Hall of Fame. But right now, not really. Um, and I personally, like, I... I really do hope that he succeeds because watching him play is always exciting. Uh, and it's good to see somebody come back from like such a, I mean, like such a failure in their life. They, I mean, the guy was completely shot. His knees are completely gone. And it reminds me also of another guy, Brandon Roy, uh, who I used to love watching play, who was unbelievable for Portland. Uh, and I remember when he made, a, I don't know if it was, he would call it a mistake, but when he decided to take, completely take out his cartilage in one of his knees, uh, before the playoffs, and that would have uh, basically gotten him quicker. And then he had this unbelievable comeback against Dallas. I think it was 2012 or 13. I need to double-check that. But he was incredible to watch, and he was the scorer, and he could dribble and handle off the ball. And he was basically like the Lillard-McCullum kind of mix um, before they obviously came around. And his knees were gone, and he was out of the league a year or two after that. Whereas it's nice to see Rose is still going along, still chugging along, still producing and still performing. Um, at a really high rate. So that's obviously nice to see. The other thing I just wanted to briefly mention is surprises in the West because, I mean, the fact that Memphis and the Clippers are tied for first is pretty incredible. I mean, people think that they'll probably obviously drop off. I mean, Houston has had a bad thing. I mean, they lost to Cleveland yesterday, which is pretty, like, uh, it makes no sense because <laughs> Cleveland sucks and there's, <laughs> there's nothing. Um, they have n pretty much not much going for them. Um, so the fact that they lost to them is crazy. But anyway, Houston will probably get it together. So the fact that the Grizzlies, like, they're just basically playing as a team. they got two guys who are healthy. I think Jaron Jackson looks really, really good this year. Uh, and then 
um, the Clippers. And the Clippers are just a bunch of misfits, but just but they have such good chemistry. Uh, and it's and it's awesome to see because Lou Will is still Lou Will is still killing it. Six six man is uh, still still doing it. Um, so really really happy for him. Uh, the last thing I sort of wanted to mention is the Tiger Phil match this weekend. So for those of you who didn't follow, basically Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, two of probably the most famous golfers in history, uh, had sort of a boxing style pay per view uh, where they went head to head match play in Vegas. Uh, for 18 holes. It ended up lasting about 22 holes because they couldn't finish, and then Phil won uh, on a five-footer under the lights. Uh, and I, it was it was just nice to see. I mean, I don't think there was that much value in the sense that it was so different than anything else. Like, at the end of the day, it was a golf match. It was it was a match play. They they played against each other. They played well against each other. They clearly made a lot of money. Uh, and, they, and people were talking about, like, oh, like, they were mic'd up, and they had side bets, and you can hear them. But, I mean, how really ex- exciting was it? I mean, there was, like, a huge... There was huge steps before in terms of um, promotion, and they they went they went around everywhere to try and get this thing uh, up and running. Especially because Bleach Report tried to do it uh, live. But um, I don't know. It was interesting to see. I mean, Tiger's chip in. I think it was sixteen. Uh, it was really cool, and obviously like a vintage Tiger moment. Um, but again, it's just rich guys winning more money. So how how interesting is it really? But again, at the end of the day, it's golf. So depends on how uh, interested you are in that anyway. Um, okay, so that's pretty much most of the things I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, the last thing I wanted to start to introduce, I think, in the first thing was called, uh, I'm going to call it my WWW segment, which is my weird, wild, and wonderful segment. So basically what I want to try to do is every week pick something that I saw on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever that I found really funny or, or different um, that I just wanted to share that I, th- I thought was pretty interesting. And so the first thing was, uh, so there was a Pokemon movie that uh, came out. I don't know if uh, people have watched the trailer or not. Um, but anyways, this Pokemon movie where Ryan Reynolds is playing Pikachu, and it looks very weird. It just doesn't feel right. Uh, I think the anime just works way better. Uh, but anyway, so somebody on Twitter uh, basically went and took uh, Alex Jones. Uh, and, and for those of you who don't know who Alex Jones is, he's a far-right conspiracy theorist who's like friends with the president uh, in the U.S., uh, and he's uh, the host of Infowars, which basically spreads like these ridiculous conspiracy theories that have no proof to any of them. Uh, but he's just very loud and obnoxious and has made a lot of money off uh, people just not being educated about topics that he discusses. Uh, and anyway, so somebody basically put his voice uh, into Pikachu. And uh, so it's really, really funny in the trailer. I'll definitely share that and put that up uh, somewhere where people can take a look. Uh, and the other thing uh, I found really funny was uh, Stephen A. Smith. So there's a video of Stephen A. Smith debating himself, uh, which if you, if you know sports at all, you've probably heard of Stephen A. Smith. He's just the super flamboyant, obnoxious uh, radio New York host uh, who just loves to say whatever's on his mind, loves to be really loud. Uh, he's part, been part of First Take for years and years and years, uh, debating Skip, and then obviously now is Max. Um, and it's really funny because especially this year, he's just been debating himself. Uh, there's a video where he, for example, the first part of it, he talks about the Patriots winning and then he talks about the Chiefs winning and then the Patriots. And it's really, really funny because this guy clearly has it, everything is about just being as loud as possible. And there's no real merit to what he's talking about. Uh, sometimes, I mean, he's obviously clearly a smart guy. He's very well connected. He's been watching sports for years and years and years, but he goes back and forth all the time. And it's obviously just to be the loud, most obnoxious thing to get people to, to come watch and view. So those are two things that I, uh, I found. So I'll put those up this week so you can take a look at. Give me some feedback, please, and let me know uh, what you thought of it. Um, so, yeah, thank you. That, uh, that sort of concludes the first week. Um, I know a lot of it, I, pr- I probably didn't make sense for most of it, and I'm probably going to have to go through and, and fix a couple things and add a couple things in the show notes. But 
this is uh, this is the first of hopefully many, uh, and I, I plan to fail along the way, and I know everything's going to be a learning experience. Um, so yeah, thank you, thank you for joining the first part of uh, the show, first episode of the show, and uh, again, always open for feedback. Um, I, you can follow me at the Anish Experience on Facebook, also the Anish Experience uh, on Instagram, and I'm trying, I'm going to try and get a website up and running so I can add stuff to show notes and sort of put up uh, different things, especially for the travel segment stuff because I know people are going to listen and then they're going to want tips and tricks and where to find different places. So I'm going to try and get that up going in the next uh, couple weeks, but yeah, uh, glad you... Well, glad you had listened and hope you enjoyed it and um, talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a good one. Time for the fact check with your host, Anish Kaushal. Hey, guys. So just before you leave, I just wanted to uh, add some corrections to sort of stuff I talked about today. Uh, it wasn't a lot, thank God, uh, but um, did want to put it in so that uh, wasn't... Uh, was giving you wrong information. So one of the things was I talked about Derek Rose scoring 50, so unfortunately it wasn't against Denver, uh, but it was actually against Utah, so uh, my bad for that. Uh, the other thing is uh, Brandon Roy, so when I talked about him, it was like I said in 2012, 2013, it was actually uh, game five against Dallas in 2011, and he had basically this epic fourth quarter comeback. Um, if you have time, I would employ you just go watch it on YouTube. It's amazing. Um, he, he, he especially came back like 10 years after knee, uh, ten, sorry, not 10 years, 10 days after uh, knee surgery where he basically removed all his meniscus, and uh, yeah, it was incredible to watch. Um, another thing was, so I said Memphis and the Clippers were tied for first, uh, so that was obviously as of yesterday, uh, so because Golden State beat Sacramento by one last night on a Clay Thompson putback, uh, they are now officially first, uh, but they're basically right behind. Uh, and then the last thing was uh, the Tiger, so I, I talked about Tiger chipping in, it was actually chipped in on 17, uh, not 16. Uh, so just wanted to add those couple corrections. Uh, again, you can follow me on uh, what I mentioned before, so Anish Experience on Facebook, uh, Anish Experience on Instagram, and I'm going to hopefully get a website up and running uh, pretty soon so I can add show notes uh, into those as well. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, if you're wherever you're listening to this, um, glad you could take the time. Uh, and please uh, give me feedback whenever I can. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm learning just as much as, um, just, just as, much as I uh, go through this process. So thanks, and uh, we'll speak to you next week.